Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Spotlight Interviews. I'm Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with insight from a different perspective of the Business Fights Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Henning Ringholtz. He is Senior Executive for the Small Foundation, who is one of the drivers behind the Business Fights Poverty Challenge exploring what large businesses can do to strengthen small business ecosystems in frontier markets. Henning's experience in small businesses is personal. He has set up and run his own companies. He's also been an executive within the food industry, and he's gotten the perspective and insight of being a strategy consultant. Henning holds degrees from Cambridge University in Social and Political Sciences and Technology Policy, and has a master's from Harvard. He's also been a visiting scholar at MIT. Henning, welcome. Hi, good pleasure talking to you. So my first question for you today, Henning, could you tell us a bit more about the Small Foundation and your role there? Yes, Small Foundation is a foundation that has been around for about 10 years and has been supporting catalyzers, investors, accelerators that work with small and growing businesses in sub-Saharan Africa mainly. And we are doing this from a perspective of finding business models that can actually be both working positively from a financial standpoint and also have social impact. My role at Small Foundation is actually twofold. On the one hand, I'm looking at our work in the space of local investment managers, which is essentially investment managers that invest into SMEs in sub-Saharan Africa. And we're looking here to find out how positive business models can be generated. It's possible to invest into SMEs in sub-Saharan Africa through a positive fund economics. That's the one side of what I'm looking at. On the other hand, I'm also looking at the space of corporate SME partnerships in sub-Saharan Africa. And again, what we're trying to find out is whether it's possible and how SMEs and corporates can work together to achieve both financial impact and social impact. What we're particularly interested in is the area where this goes beyond supply chain and or distribution chain that corporates work on and into the wider ecosystem. So quite often what we're seeing is that whilst a lot of the emphasis that that large businesses might take is on working with a particular supplier or a particular distributor, there are fundamental issues within the ecosystem that constrain those SMEs. And without actually addressing those, the activities that I can take as a large business in working with that one supplier or distributor isn't actually going to solve it. So what we're asking is, what would it take and how is it possible for large businesses to work within these complicated ecosystems, strengthening their direct supply and distribution chain and also looking at the wider ecosystem? And you've just embarked on this challenge with Business Fights Poverty to look into exactly this space. So how do you strengthen the small business ecosystem in frontier markets? And what's the role of large businesses? Are there any findings that you're coming out with already? What can you tell us about the challenge so far? So it's been a fantastic journey and, and a really exciting topic. And I'm very happy with the work that our partners uh, have done and the work that Business Fights Poverty is doing. I think what we're seeing is that this is really a complex issue. There is a real tension here between, on the one hand, recognizing that the challenges 
that, say, a small company working in, say, a transport industry in sub-Saharan Africa is facing, that they are extremely complex challenges and that very quickly we kind of go beyond the solutions that are easily actionable and into solutions that are actually looking at at saying, okay, if this one company is struggling with the access to finance, then probably lots of companies that are working in the space are, are struggling with access to finance. And therefore, in order to start solving this, we actually need to look at how can we actually solve the bigger problem of access to finance. So on the one hand, we have that complexity, but on the other hand, there's a real need from the business side to make it simple and to make it actionable. Because if I'm sitting in, in a large business and I'm trying to actually achieve results that also are in line with positive bottom line, then I need to actually have a simple uh, plan to say, this is what I'm actually going to do about it. And so that tension between the complexity on the un- one hand and on the other hand, the need to have a clear kind of action point and clear levers for business to engage in makes it a really complex project. Fascinating. Well, we'll watch this space with anticipation and, and best of luck. I hope you find some great solutions for both sides. And Henning, please could you tell us what does success look like for this challenge? From my perspective, I think Small Foundation is, is a very small organization in so many ways. We are only a very small player within a, within a wide context of people who are engaged in this space. What I hope is for us to be able to, to serve as a catalyst for the kind of thinking that we've, that we've just outlined. For me, success, particularly with a view to, this, to the challenge that we're working with around SME corporate partnership, would be, I think, twofold. The, the first one is, can we help conceptualize how this cooperation between large businesses, SMEs, and the wider ecosystem that people are working in, how that can look like, what that actually means, how can we touch and feel this? Success for me would be if we're able to conceptualize that clearly so that others can come on board and join this journey. And that when we talk about this again in one or two years' time, we can point to a lot of examples and say, look, here's a project that happened in Zimbabwe where actually a large company X has come together with others and has started to engage in that ecosystem and it really made a difference. Why is it that system change is so important in this day and age? So generally, I do think that we have come to understand much better that things hang together. And in order to actually solve complex problems, we need to take a systems lens. In some ways, this is nothing new. I think that we have, you know, if we go back into you know, sociology, my first field of study, people in the early 20th century were thinking about how individuals are actually part of society and how kind of these maybe unseen forces are making people do certain things and how systems both constrain and enable individuals. And so in many ways, this is not something new. And it's not like, I think we have discovered the wheel here, but I do think that we're trying to apply the principles of systems thinking in, in areas that we hadn't done before. So I think in the field of development, particularly around kind of corporate partnership, these are still principles that we're learning on how to actually make that happen. I think that principles like, like shared value, like collective impact, and others are really all helping us to start understanding how we can start to come to action. I think that the the challenge that we face is one where the system that we're dealing with tends to be pretty ingrained. So again, if I'm looking at, say, sub-Saharan Africa, let's take a small village in rural Sierra Leone, 
where you have limited business activity on the surface. In practice, there is actually a lot going on. There are cocoa farmers and the cocoa farmers are selling their products to traders and then the traders themselves would interact with others, with processors who are doing work locally. The problem is often when we add this all up, then there's very little money that actually is generated in the system. And so what happens in practice is if we have these dysfunctional ecosystems, everybody suffers. The farmers suffer, the small trader suffers, the transport companies suffer. And so if we want to start solving this, we don't solve this by just looking at one particular actor. Yes, it's important to do, say, farmer training and to help farmers do better in, in terms of drying and, and pruning their trees and so on and so forth, but it actually won't solve the underlying system. So if we want to get results, we actually need systems thinking. And you've been part of a foundation now. You're part of the small foundation. You've been a part of other sort of donor organizations for a bit. What have you learned about the role of foundations and donors in addressing social challenges during that time? So I think that there is often a lot of pressure in the world of, I don't want to just say foundations, but I think more generally in the development space in terms of producing results. I think that for people who work in the space, and and I've worked for a long time in the NGO sector as well, there is always a sense that here's a big problem, people are suffering, we need to actually create a result here. And I fully agree with this. And I think that that's why the sector is so vibrant and why great people are, are doing fantastic work, often at the coal phase and, and trying to, to deal with the issues that the people are, are struggling with. The problem is that, again, if we take systems thinking at heart, then we probably have to recognize that each individual effort can't actually solve the problem on its own. That instead, what we actually need to do is to cooperate and come together and actually look at how can we solve underlying problems together with others who have a role to play in this. So, for instance, for Small Foundation, we have not in the past engaged with the corporate world in many practical ways. I think that for us, this is a new challenge to say, how can we actually integrate this? So our our focus has been around the SMEs and, and strengthening the accelerator and the catalysts that work with SMEs and that invest into SMEs. I think the question that we're asking here is how can we actually incorporate and bring on board the work of corporates into this? And vice versa. Frankly, I think that if we have large businesses engage in the kind of ecosystems that we are dealing with, then that could make a huge difference. So I think that what we need to do as a donor community, as, as foundations, is to look at how can we actually cooperate around these entrenched problems. Which leads me nicely to my next question, Henning. What would be your call to action for those who are listening to this podcast? The call to action that I would make is to look at how can we work together with others and how can we situate the kind of programs, the kind of of activities, the kind of projects that we're running. How can we actually situate that in the context of what others are doing? I think that would help a lot. And I think sometimes that means maybe stopping before going on a particular uh, initiative and and seeing other actual ways that could collaborate with others around us. And then finally today, what would be your advice to others who are just perhaps starting out on their career or in the space of work that you're doing? So one of the things I've I've learned, and I've been in in the development space for, you can probably say about 15, 20 years or so, I think is that depending on which side we're sitting, 
the world looks very differently. Working in the NGO space and trying to help an NGO that I was working in kind of work more with businesses and be more integrated with the markets that they were based in was a really interesting challenge. And it helped me see, I think, the world from the perspective of an NGO and the systems that support NGOs and the donors that work with NGOs and the communities that NGOs are working with and the real contact that NGOs have with people on the ground. That's a very different perspective from where I'm now seeing the world from the, from the perspective of a small foundation, which is, again, a quite a different perspective from where, say, as a development consultant for a kind of more traditional consultancy firm that was looking at cluster development is coming from. I think what I've learned is that whilst we're all kind of looking at the same thing, the pieces that we see of this and the logic that drives our behavior within this and the incentives that are given are all different. And so, you know, in some ways, what that made me do is maybe be more, in some ways, realistic around saying that I actually can't see the whole world, but I can kind of try and, and from time to time to take a step back and say, okay, what is actually the wider world that we're looking at? Maybe question a little bit the logic of the system that I'm in right now. And I think that's something that I would recommend is to try and engage with others and with other individuals and with other organizations as much as possible and to kind of see the world from their perspective. That's really one of the things that I've seen. The other point that I would make is that I've encountered so many great people who are in this space. And I think taking the time to actually engage with people on an individual level is hugely rewarding because I actually feel that we are much more than the organization that we are representing. And I think that Often people in this space are so passionate about what they do, and there's so much to learn from where the individuals are coming from, that I think that's a very worthwhile journey. Brilliant advice there, Henning. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 